0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host, Taylor. And this is Thursday, January twenty-sixth episode. I hope you all had a great week so far. And today I'm going to be talking a little bit about the new player that the A's just signed, free agent, Jesus Aguilar. The A's keep signing new players. It's pretty crazy. And we'll get into that a lot more through this episode. First, I'd like to just remind you all, follow, like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast on whatever uh, podcast host you use to listen, share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast On Instagram, that's athletics underscore baseball underscore podcast and send any questions, comments, concerns to the email athleticsbaseballpodcast at athleticsbaseballpodcast.gmail.com Now, having said that, before I get into the meat of the episode, which is the Jesus Aguilar free agent pickup, I would like to just take a moment to pay my respects to Sal Bando, if you are young and you never watched him play, you don't remember him, you may have still heard of him. He was an all-star third baseman on the A's, captain of the A's, and and helped lead the A's to their c- three consecutive World Series wins in 1972, 73, and 74. He was a very good player. He collected 61.5 WAR, which is wins against replacement, in his career, which is really good. He was a career average 760 OPS player, which is really good. He was a great defensive player, and there were three different seasons that he played 162 games. Now, Especially these days, you just don't see players play 162 games in a season. It's unheard of now. And he unfortunately passed away on the 20th, on Friday. And I just wanted to start off this episode with paying my respects to him and, and just mentioning him and what he's done for the A's and, and just remembering him a little bit and maybe bringing a little bit of past A's knowledge to some of the younger fans out there who never got a chance to see him play. And it's sad news, but I, I think that we should recognize him and and mention him at this time and just say, rest in peace, Sal Bando, and thank you for what you've done for the franchise and for the great times that you helped to give to all of the older A's fans who got to enjoy those great teams. Now, I think we will talk about Jesus Aguilar, who was a free agent this offseason. He has been around the league for a little bit. You may have heard of him. You may not have. He has not really been on any teams that the A's typically would play. Not very much, at least. He started out on Cleveland, In uh, 2014, 2015, 2016, he was on Cleveland, but over those three seasons, he only played a combined 35 games over the three seasons for Cleveland, so we really, as A's fans, haven't had a chance to see him play very much. He played a little bit with Milwaukee, we don't really play them. He was on Tampa for uh, 37 games. That's it, and then uh, then he spent the last three years on Miami before they released him in the middle of last season, and Baltimore picked him up for 16 games, and he did not do well. 16 games he played for them. He's not on Baltimore anymore. Obviously, we just signed him to a free agent contract. He is a first baseman right hander. This is gonna be his thirty-three age season and he is a former all star on Milwaukee. He he was an All-Star, but he's been having some struggles last season and it's interesting because it's not new for him to have a year where he has a a dip I'll get into that in a second he first he is a big big guy as far as what he's listed at anyway 6 foot 3 277 and i wonder if him him being bigger and maybe he's getting out of shape maybe you know maybe he gained some weight over the last year or two and that's impacting his ability to perform at the plate and maybe that's part of what his struggles are and maybe for some players you know getting cut that might be the impetus to make a change lose that weight get back into being more athletic i mean i don't know how good he is at planning his his money in the for for his future and things but this is his livelihood and if his main problem is that he's coming in overweight and he's not able to be as athletic as he was when he was younger, well, losing out on the chance to make millions of dollars per year, maybe that'll be a motivator for him to make a change, step it, step it up a little bit, and this is probably his last chance. If he doesn't have at least a league average season this year then he's probably not getting picked up by another team at this point but the the reason for the A's doing this is incredibly clear and it's what they're doing with a lot of the other free agent signings that they've had this offseason and if you haven't been keeping up there have been a ton. I would have to pull up a list in order to name them all, but you've got Fuji, Trevor May, Drew Rasinski, Aledmus Diaz, Jace Peterson, and I'm pretty sure there's more. And then you've got all of these young guys that the A's have the A's have an entirely full 40-man roster, they're going to have to get rid of somebody to make room for Jesus Aguilar, actually, and the A's that I have seen have not announced who that is. I struggle to fit him into this lineup, but on the other hand, he is almost definitely an improvement in the now over some of the young guys that we have. But as I said, what the A's are doing here is strikingly clear. If you haven't figured this out yet, then I don't know what you're paying attention to. The A's are planning on trying to trade him. This is way more clear with him than it is with the other free agents that we've signed. And for the most part and it goes like this he is a an average defender he plays first base he is a former all-star and he has sort of a rocky history so he never stuck with cleveland but he went over to milwaukee and had a great two years two and a two and a half years okay he, a great two years i'll say His first year with them, 837 OPS. Second year with them, 890 OPS. He gets the all-star nod, all right? Now, his third year, he dipped down to a 694 OPS, so almost a 200-point drop, and that was about a 50-point drop in batting average, 274 to 225 about a 30point drop in on base about 350 to 320 and a huge 165 ish I, I think 165 exactly slugging drop that that was 539 to 374. he lost a ton of power he played only 94 games with Milwaukee that season his third year there and then I don't know what happened. He ended up on Tampa Bay that season, if it was a trade or or a cut, but he did do better on Tampa Bay uh, with a 760 OPS, but still down from his normal, or from his previous 890, I should say, not normal. He didn't stick on Tampa. He got, he ended up on the Marlins, and his first year on the Marlins, 809 OPS. His second year on the Marlins, 788 OPS. His third year on the Marlins, last year, only a 674. So you're seeing sort of the same thing, you know, around an 800 OPS player on the Marlins or an 850 OPS player on Milwaukee. And then third year... Boom, maybe getting complacent, maybe getting lazy. Who knows? And he's losing maybe 150 OPS here from one year to the next. Basically, that's he, a little bit more he lost on Milwaukee and a little bit less on Miami, but a you know a big drop off on that third year for his performance. Went over to Baltimore, uh, didn't didn't really get to play enough to really say whether he fixed anything or not. He only played 16 games in Baltimore, but maybe maybe a motivation problem, maybe letting his uh, physicality, his physical health, his physical fitness slip a little bit, and when he is good, he's pretty good. When he is bad, he's still not horrible, he is a little bit below league average when you look at him last year he had an 86 OPS plus which would have been an improvement for the A's over most of our of our lineup basically he's going to be even if he has a bad year for him he's going to be a solid addition to the team and put up a solid performance at the at the minimum which we had all sorts of players last year who did not even put up a solid performance. So, the consistency for that is good, but the big, big thing about Jesus Aguilar is he has this sort of pattern, two good years and then a, I shouldn't even say bad, but mediocre year, an 86 OPS plus two good years, and then an 86 OPS plus, a mediocre year. But he's having these down years and then these good years. So all we need, and all we're banking on here with a one-year deal, $3 million contract, is that this year he is at or above 100 OPS plus, and if he is, some team is going to want him. And they'll trade for him halfway through the season for a small-time prospect probably. The only thing that worries me about this though is what do you do with our other first baseman and who do you cut from the from the roster? You can only have 40 people and we already have 40 people and basically at this point anyone that we have on the roster that we do cut or not cut, but if we if we try to DFA them They're not going to clear waivers. Someone will pick them up, for sure. Which would mean that they would transfer to the other team, and then they'd be on that team probably all season long, and we'd lose them and not get anything back for them. So who do you want to get rid of? And remember, he plays first base. So who do you want to get rid of that would maybe be on first base? And what do you do you do here? as far as first baseman on the A's you essentially have Dermis Garcia who is a 6 foot 3 200 pound righty and he's 25 years old and he played 39 games for the A's last season 652 OPS so if Jesus Aguilar is only going to have a, another down year then he might be producing around a similar amount as Dermis Garcia. So do you cut Dermis Garcia, who's young and who could improve? I don't like it. Then you've got Ryan Nota, who we picked up from the Dodgers in the Rule Five Draft, got him for free, and he is a lefty, 26, six foot three, 217. I talked about him on another podcast earlier in the uh, in my episodes, but do we get rid of him? I really, really hope not. And the other thing is playing time, who we have to keep Ryan Noda on the roster all season long to keep him. Otherwise, he just goes back to the Dodgers. And these guys need playing time to develop at the Major League level, too. I would really like to see Ryan Nota getting a lot of reps at first base this season. So I'm kind of worried that with this, maybe he won't. But I hope that he's not the one that we get rid of to make room for Jesus Aguilar, because Ryan Noda could be a potential long-term guy for the A's. And he plays first base and also outfield, so he he can do both. And when Tyler Soderstrom comes up, if we give first base to him, probably will, we might be able to just move Ryan Noda to the outfield, or we could have a really solid trade piece with Ryan Noda, too. Then we got Seth Brown. You should know Seth Brown by now. 6'1", 223, lefty, best hitter last year who's still on the team. And do we get rid of him? I hope not. I think that he could get even better this year. If we're looking to trade him anyways, then we might as well let him play this year, because the simple fact about Seth Brown is he did it last year with just him and Murphy in the lineup, and not a lot of protection in the batting order other than those two guys, so pitchers pretty much knew they only had to N- not give up any anything too hittable to these two guys, which makes it way easier to strike a guy out if that's the case. And then they can, they can not worry as much about the guys around them. So if you need to, you can give up a walk to Seth Brown and then try and go after the guy behind him. And same for Murphy, right? So you would think the A's lineup this season is going to be a lot more stacked than last season. And you're not going to be able to pitch around Seth Brown. He had a 750 OPS last year, which is really, really good. And I think that with some of these other players in the lineup protecting his batting slot, then you might see his OPS go to 800 or, or more, maybe. And if you are just looking to trade Seth Brown, I really like Seth Brown, but if you are just looking to trade Seth Brown, then halfway through this season, when he's on track for over an 800 OPS, you're you're probably going to get more for him. All right? So I don't want to get rid of him now. So you got Dermis Garcia, Ryan Noda, and Seth Brown. And Seth Brown might go to the outfield, but that means that Dermis Garcia is the odd man out. And he would be DFA'd and picked up by another team. The only alternative here is that you get rid of a, a pitcher or an outfielder, and I don't really think that the A's are going to do that. I guess you've got Brent Rooker, who I talked about on a previous episode, which we haven't had him play for us at all yet, but I kind of like giving him a shot, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want to get rid of him here. So I don't really know what you do. I don't know who you get rid of, but it really just hammers home the point that I had made on a previous episode that the A's are really, really looking to trade to free up some space on the roster for some young guys to get their shot here. I mean, for some of the guys that we've got, the sooner we trade them, the better it is going to be for us. I mean, you you want to get something fair back for them as well, of course, but you know, it. Maybe for some of these guys, we don't wait until the All-Star break to try and trade them off. Maybe we just go two months, show that they're doing fine, and then try and get something back? I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty tough trying to figure this one out. I mean, I'm excited for Jesus Aguilar, and I think that he will definitely be an improvement on the A's for the time that he's here. And he might just be brought into DH, even, I don't know, and let Ryan Nota play first base, and he might be brought into platoon a little bit with maybe Seth Brown, maybe with Ryan Nota. We'll have to see how Ryan Nota does and, and some other things like that, but I don't know. I, I would lean towards saying I think it'll be either Dermis Garcia or Brent Brooker, probably who gets the cut and I don't know I'd almost rather it be Dermis Garcia. I mean, we've got Seth Brown. We've got Brian Nota who I have a lot of hope for and then we've got Soderstrom coming up in a year or two and he, he might even make an appearance this year if we have some roster space <laughs> and we now, you know, that's that's a good couple of first basemen. Obviously, Jesus Aguilar is not going to be our long-term option, but you've got Ryan Nota who could be, and Dermis Garcia so far has not showed anything too special to us. As far as minor league performances go, I would take Ryan Nota's minor league performances over Dermis Garcia's. So, that's where I lean on what do we do with Jesus Aguilar, but I don't make these decisions. So another interesting thing to note about what this means for the A's is they are spending money, three year, one year, $3 million on this contract. That puts the A's luxury tax payroll estimate or, in other words, what the A's are actually paying out here to $79 million. And last year it was $68 million. And most of that was Elvis Andres and Piscati. So the A's are, are paying a lot more this year so far at least $10 million, more than $10 million more, which is a pretty significant increase when you're talking about also, along with paying just flat-out more, taking a couple of uh, kind of albatross contracts, uh, Piscotti and Andres, and spreading it out over more players to to give us a really solid base to work from in combination with some really solid trade pieces. So I think that this bodes really well for the A's for 2023. Like I said, I'm expecting 75 wins this year. Maybe we can even do a little better, and who knows? maybe maybe there could even be a little bit of a wild card run this season. It's happened before. So, I'm excited to see Jesus Aguilar play for the A's. I think that with his history, there's a pretty good shot that he's going to have that bounce-back season that, for the first half, will help to carry us forward in what's shaping up to be a really cutthroat division. I mean, the Astros, who are killer, as always, unfortunately, the Angels, who keep trying to be good. The Rangers, who are trying really hard to improve at this point, And the Mariners, who have finally turned their luck around. And they have a really solid young team that they put together all by themselves. And it's a little bit good for us, whether you like it or not, and personally I don't, that we play so many new games outside of our division this year, which for us, because our division is sort of a really tough division at this point, and it's really good for us actually that we're not trying really hard to make it to the World Series right now, because you could have a really, really solid and really expensive team right now in our division and still just not get anywhere. Look at the American League East last season with the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Orioles, and the Rays, and all of them having pretty solid years and teams that would dominate in a lot of other divisions around the league. And they were all just good at the same time, and it just sort of creates a meat grinder effect, you know? If we tried to be good, and if we spent $150 million getting a whole bunch of star players this off season, we still probably wouldn't make the playoffs this year. I mean, we we could do it anyways with our current roster. I'd say we have... Just as likely with the guys that we have now that we signed in free agency, we've probably got a similar chance at getting to the the postseason one way or the other as if we spent fifty or a hundred million dollars more, because just just because of unpredictability and f- formulating your rosters around some rule changes and and getting some undervalued guys who might have bounce-back years and things like that. We could actually have a really, really good chance at a good year this year. And a good year, like I said, does not guarantee a playoff run when you have so many good teams in your division. Well, thanks for sticking with me through another podcast, episode 13. I hope you all have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.